Welcome to these go to 11 podcast, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That's yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's whose one. line is it anyway? Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> um, we are the guys who cheerfully ran about all the things that don't matter all that much. Oh no, no, no. That's a different one. Yeah, that's somebody else. So, so Greg, what do we do? We go to 11. Oh, we go to 11. We go to 11. That is our unique contribution to the world of podcasting. And what is it we are going to be doing on this podcast? We are going to be uh, solving all the problems of the world. No, we're not going to be doing that. But we're going to be talking about many of them. Uh, we are going to be just having fun. We're going to be having conversations. Nathan is a good friend of mine. Uh, and he and I talk all the time. And we talk about the gospel. And we talk about uh, life. We talk about movies. We mm-hmm. talk about beer. We talk about favorite foods. We talk about all sorts of things. And this is an opportunity to talk about all these sort of things from a unique hopefully biblical perspective. Um, one of the frustrating things for me is I preach every Sunday. That's not frustrating. I love that. <laughs> but I'll get into a topic, and I normally say something like, wow, we really can't get deep into the weeds on this issue um, for our purposes today. But to be able to have a conversation like this and invite some friends into it, very exciting, because we can actually talk about these things with a little more depth. And so, Greg, just... um. As, as you and I were meeting and talking, we actually first met back in um, July of 2014 to yeah. talk about a ministry opportunity, um, and we had actually envisioned something completely different yes. um, in terms of, you know, we were going to do a website, and we were going to uh, show sermon videos, and we were going to have the sermons on there, and um, I think we, you know, we were going to be promoting um, some of your books, which, you know, later on um, we will actually talk about, sure. um, you know, in the, the weeks to come, um, and and you came to me, I think it was, it was either October, November. And you said, I, I'm, we're going to go in a completely different direction. We're going to do a podcast. Yeah. And I think my words to you were, yeah, that's great. What the heck is a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what is a podcast and why did you choose to go in that direction? Yes. I'd like to say right out of the gate, laziness was my number one motivation. It was, um, it was right there. There's a little bit of truth in that. Um, a website that we had originally envisioned would probably have involved uh, some sort of blog rather consistently written, and those are great. I've tried those before, and I don't know if you have to be you know, cut from a special cloth. Tim Challies, who I love, challies.com, at kind of the, you know, that dude's got his finger on the pulse mm-hmm. uh, at the epicenter of the Christian universe, and there's a little shout out to him uh, because it's a tremendous blog. And I realized, you know, I'm probably not <laughs> going to do that. <laughs> and you know me well enough, yes. Nathan, to know, yeah, that probably isn't going to work. Because we had plans when we talked. Right, yeah. well, let's have six months of content ahead of time. Yeah. Probably knowing that mm, I might have a month or two dry spell. Right. So uh, part of that is, you know, anybody that knows me, and you know me well, Nathan, I love to talk. Mm-hmm. And it's just love to go to Starbucks, go to Chick-fil-A like we do, yep. chat about everything under the sun. And I thought, well, why not record it? Yeah. Uh, our mutual friend, Josh Mitchell, yep. who helped us tonight, yes. is here. Hi, Josh, uh, who is here helping us with all the technical details, um, uh, turned me on to Serial, yep. you know, the, yep. the great podcast uh, that NPR did uh, through This American Life, Sarah Koenig, et cetera. I doubt I'm informing anybody about Serial. <laughs> Five million downloads, uh, which is about half as much as we're going to have. I, you know, I, I think we can do a little better. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, shoot, I'm shooting for a little better than that. Uh, my mother has promised to listen to this, so that's one. There you go. There's one right <laughs> out of the gate. Um, but I, honestly, I heard that, and like many millions of people, I enjoyed Serial. Mm-hmm. I know you've listened to some yep. of it yep. and are, are still going to work your way through it. 
And I thought, wow, that's interesting. It's it's sort of a new form of radio. Yep. And how accessible radio is, your iPhone, your iPad, your computer, treadmill, yeah. the car, etc. And it uh, just seemed like such a, a ripe format to be able to talk about things that I would love to talk about and just simply can't do in the context of a sermon or a public speech in a congregational meeting or something like that, to be able to go offline a little bit. So let's dig a little deeper into this. Let's have sure. some fun with these topics, etc. So I'm hoping that we cover just a variety of subjects. I anticipate, Nathan, in the upcoming sermons, for instance, for me to have aha moments where I say, hey, Nathan, put put this question in this week's podcast. Sure, sure. You know, like I know we're going to talk about angels today a yep. little bit. Yep. Uh, those kind of things we're going to be able to do. Talk about the Patriots. Yes, yes. Uh, Nathan is a Patriots fan. I am. Yeah, so yes. um, if anybody, it's listening- by birth though. Yes. While, while salvation cannot be by birth. Yes. Being a sports fan can. Yes, and hating the Patriots is part of the new birth. But we'll get to that <laughs> on another occasion. Um, but you know, to be even, even to be, you know talk about things like Deflate Gate. Sure. You know, is there a, a kind of a Christian way to think about those things? Sure. Uh, I look forward to that. Yeah. No, I think that's going to be good. And actually, in um, we we kind of have it. Um, planned out in terms of we're going to have regular guest appearances by um, you know some very close friends of yours and of CFCs yes um, where you pastor in Falston and um, so let's just kind of talk about those guys real quick you know it's going to be um, Matt Smith yes. uh, Dave Shive and um, I'm forgetting the Steve Hartland, Steve Hartland yes um, who I don't know as well as the other two but why don't yep. you just give us a quick blurb about um, about those guys who will be joining us in the weeks to come Absolutely. Those guys are indebted to me. I've uh, shaped their lives in ministries, (laughs) and they want to come each week and talk about just what I've meant to them, uh, how they aspire to be like me, and that sort of thing. Are they going to have time for rebuttal? Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're going to make sure that's edited. Gotcha. That's in the final cut. Um, No, happy to. Matt Smith, ironically, uh, if we had done our first podcast last week, we'd be doing what we're doing now. Matt Smith would have been on today, and he has a bad stomach bug. So I hope you're feeling better, Matt. Uh, stay away from us. We have no interest in it. Um, Matt is, you know, my dearest friend. I, I, I'd say I've known him since I was 14. Wow, that's hard to believe. Um, Matt led me to Christ. Uh, anybody that's heard me preach for any length of time has heard me talk about Matt Smith. He's been here as a guest at uh, Christ Fellowship Church to preach. Uh, Matt is the pastor of Grace Community Church just down the road from us where we're recording right now in Kingsville, Maryland. Uh, Matt became the senior pastor recently. Uh, he's my age. Actually, I think he's nine months younger. Uh, Matt is also a pastor worship leader. He's one of these multi-talented guys, so I hate him uh, <laughs> since all I can do is... God didn't bless you with that one, right? No, no. I can sort of preach, and that's it. <laughs> Matt can really preach and really sing and play. Uh, but just a sharp guy, uh, really uh, has a lot of wonderful uh, life experience. He and his wife, Tracy, who's also a good friend of mine and uh, my wife, Lisa's, uh, they've adopted four children, wonderful kids. Uh, so uh, I think Matt can really just chime in on a lot of things related to life, ministry, church life. Dave Shive is a true mentor of mine. He was the first senior pastor I ever worked under. He was crazy enough to hire me out of seminary um, down in Catonsville, the church that we pastored at together. Uh, Dave is out of the pastorate right now. What I love about Dave, he's not going to be afraid to... <laughs> say things that maybe I, Matt, or Steve will be a little bit reluctant to share because we're st- still active pastors. Right. Dave is a little you know, less concerned, uh, but he's, he loves the church. Mm-hmm. He's still serving the local church. 
helping local churches raise their profile in world missions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave's been here to preach many times. You've heard him yeah, many times. Absolutely. Just Fantastic. tremendous guy. Passion for missions. And- yes. And a teacher. Yeah, I mean, exactly, He is a yeah. teacher. You've, you've run PowerPoint for him. Yes. And, uh, you know, you kind of draw the short lot when you do his PowerPoint. Yes. <laughs> He's got multiple pictures and slides, and it's very complicated. It's kind of like hieroglyphics. But uh, that's Dave, and Dave's a man. Can I say this, Dave? You're in your 60s. We've put it out there. You can't deny it. Um, wonderful guy, and he's going to have great insight. Steve Hartland, of all the three guys, is the guy I know the least, so we kind of share that. I, sure. I know Steve well enough. I've only met him in the last few years. Steve Pastors, a church right up the road, Trinity, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was Trinity uh, Reformed Baptist Church. It's still, in essence, the same church. What Steve brings, he came into a church that had a very established culture. It was much more conservative. Uh, I don't mean theologically, I mean culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steve brought some change. So I don't want to tell Steve's story. He'll probably do that over the weeks in several podcasts. But Steve has a tremendous story to tell about what it's like to experience change in a church. Because mm-hmm. the Trinity that exists now looks very different than the Trinity of, say, five or six years ago. Sure, sure. So uh, I'm I just interested to get his insights. Steve is cool, too. He's, he's the hippest guy here. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, you think you're the hippest. Steve is the hippest guy, drives a motorcycle. Nice. Uh, just, you know, I don't know. The dude's probably in his late 50s, early 60s, and, like, is hipper than all of us. So those are the three guests. We'll have one of those, Lord willing, each week mm-hmm. uh, and kind of cycle through. And as we've talked, Nathan, we might sometimes have all of them together. Yep. Uh, which I think will be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be great. And I think what's what's excellent about all this is, um, you know, everybody who's coming in, we're all friends. Yeah. You know, we all know each other well, but we all also differ slightly theologically on things. Yes, definitely. And so I think that's going to bring um, an interesting perspective because, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Matt's church is slightly more charismatic yep. than, than we would say our church is. Sure. Um, Dave is uh, in no way, shape, or form, form a reformed guy. Nope. Um, and I, am not, again, I'm not specific on Steve, yes. um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's going to have some differences in, in the way he, you know, teaches. Oh, and, no and doubt. Things. No doubt. And so I think that's going to bring in a great perspective to, to what we're going to be doing here. Yes. And our first technical difficulty, I have to clear my throat. <clears> throat> That's cutting edge podcasting right there. Um, and everything here is live, so we really don't plan on doing a whole lot of editing when it no, comes to this stuff. No, absolutely. I, I feel a sneezing fit coming on. That's going to be riveting listening uh, for the audience. Um, no doubt, no doubt, Nathan. Uh, those three guys are going to bring unique perspectives, and I look forward to it. Dave is, by the way, the non-reformed guy. Yeah. So uh, we plan to pick on him mercilessly. And I'm sure by the end of it, he's going to be a passionately reformed guy. That, that's the goal. Yes, to, absolutely. To save his soul, right? Yes, to save his soul the second time. That's right. You know, he's been saved from sin and that's damnation, right, right. and that's important. Right. But then we're going to get to the real stuff. <laughs> did, did I just say that? Okay. Good. Is that wrong? Should yeah. I not have said that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The two listeners on this first podcast will tell us that. That's so right. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully, too, the perspective is going to be um, to be able to set up. We've talked about setting up an email account, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff to get feedback from people people. Um, we're, we're, we're talking about having um, a friend of mine, who I, a co-worker who I work with, uh, JR, oh, yeah. come in, and he, he is not a believer, and have him come in and, and ask questions. Oh, that's going to be great. Um, and so just, you know, real life 
stuff that yes. Christians deal with every day. And, and you know, um, as we've talked about before, you're not prone to get up on your hobby horses during sermons. Yeah. Um, and so this is going to give you a chance to do that as well. Yes. You know, to really talk about some of the things that are more passionate to you that you wouldn't necessarily talk about on a Sunday morning. Definitely, definitely. And and if we have like uh, a man like your friend JR or anybody on who mm-hmm. might not even be a believer, might have yeah. a completely different worldview... What I'm excited about is we're not going to do the sort of cheesy Christian thing yeah. where we turn it into this opportunity to sort of wrestle him down to right. the ground to surrender his life right. to Jesus, just to have a conversation yeah. and yeah. to make sure that he feels respected, he feels yeah. listened to, and that we can ask him questions, get yeah. his genuine take, and share our, our, exactly. our thoughts with him as well. Can't wait. Yeah, no, and I and you know, and I've told Jr. too, you know, because he's um, he's very worried about um, you know just uh, the way he speaks, you know, because uh, he. Uh, tends to be more sailor-esque in yes. his language. And, you know, he's like, oh, I got to make sure I'm careful and I'm clean. And I'm like, you know what? You don't need to worry about it. Yes. You know, we'll put up a warning on the beginning of the podcast, yep. just letting people know that, you know what, you're not a believer and this is an opportunity for us to chat and don't worry about, you know, be yourself. Yes. Talk. And you may have to put that warning up for me <laughs> when we talk about the Patriots game, that, but I don't, <laughs> don't want to get too far. We may right, have to put that right. warning up several times. That's right. Um, so, you know, and, and so I think this is a great opportunity and, um, is there anything else you want to mention about the podcast and, um, what, you know, why we wanted to do this and good on that? Definitely. No, right. I mean, I would say yeah. uh, one last thing. Sure. I think I'm so, I'm so excited about it because I love this format of just real conversation. Yeah. You know, because everything, it's not that I want to be careful on this. When I preach and I have the privilege of preaching, it's real. Yeah. But it's a different, I mean, can, right. can you imagine if I talk to you, Nathan, oh, when yeah. I preach on oh, Sunday? Yeah. No, Nathan, the first thing I want to say to you is let us consider together the history of the National Football League. I mean, it would be so oh, odd. Oh, sure, sure. So, I, I thought the first thing you always wanted to say to me was, uh, where's the beer? Yeah, right, right, exactly. Or if I preach that, that would even That's be right. more interesting. So I think to just have that real conversation yeah. uh, and see that Christianity isn't just for the formal Sunday morning right. experience. right. But how does it tie into sort of a, a conversation about sure. everything under the sun? Can't wait. Sure. And just getting, you know, responses from people, getting that feedback live. Yes. In real time, you know. Um, yeah. No, I think that's great. Um, and so going outside of the podcast, our first big topic uh, with the Super Bowl this past Sunday, um, by the way, regardless of who uh, you were rooting for to win, that was a fantastic game. It was. Um, I think we were talking right beforehand. Yeah. Dude, if that were... Um, say the Packers versus the Broncos, I don't have a vested hatred or passion for either team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think there's amazing talent on both those teams, for instance, and it, it could have been those two teams. If they those two teams had played, that would have been, for me, an amazing game. I, I, I'm I agreeing with you. Right, it was right. an amazing game. Because I had a vested interest right. in Tom Brady Against crying pa- right. <laughs> and enjoying that and soaking in that like a fine wine, I um, didn't enjoy it as much. Right. But it was an amazing game. Yeah. No and, and I mean, you know, so many good plays by both teams and, um, you know, the better team won, but you know, that's, that's okay. Yeah. And you're going to hear this great humility. I agree. I agree. Wow. I, I would and not we have that on record. It, I will say it. The better team won. I would not have said that a day or two ago. And then I thought, wait a minute. I mean, the score sort of dictates it. And I think the fact that uh, New England came back from a 10 point uh, yeah. deficit yeah. in the Super Bowl in that environment with the odds, with that, with that Seattle defense, which was a little wounded yeah. Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it's painful. <laughs> the better team won. I that's, said it. That's okay. Yeah. Don't make me the, say it. The again. Lord will forgive you for that. Yes. I'm trusting it. <laughs> um, so 
you know, so the Super Bowl was great, and you know, people are throwing parties. Um, now, what's interesting is what we're going to talk about tonight concerning um, the Patriots specifically um, is something that you and I had brought up, and that was the Deflate Gate. Yes. Um, and so, just looking at that, um, I'd like to look at that from a couple different perspectives. The first perspective is, um, I think we always think, you know, okay, as believers, we know not to cheat, and you know, we know we shouldn't cheat, and we teach our children not to cheat, but what about from the perspective of, uh, of an unbeliever mm. where, you know, should they be cheating? No, but you know, there's no moral compass there. Sure. Um, in terms of, you know, Christ leading their life to determine that that's right or wrong for them. This is their life. This is the game. Their, their paycheck relies on this, depends sure. on this. So how do we respond to, um, an unbeliever, um, as believers who, you know, participates in this. I don't, I don't think there's any way to get around it. You know what? The Patriots deflated footballs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I can take it one step further and say this happens in football all the time. The Patriots just got caught sure, doing this. No doubt. Um, so how do we respond to an unbeliever in this conversation with the cheating? Yeah, it's, I, think you're, I think it's hard. I mean, if you think about this, if you're not a believer, there's no sense of um, glorifying God being sort of a motivating impulse in your mm-hmm. life. I think it's a hard sell. I really yeah. do. And I'm just trying to think about that as honestly and openly as I can. A um, few things that come to mind. I think you can always appeal to the unbeliever if you're having a conversation about it. Like, And they might say something like, what's the big deal? Sure. There's a few, I'd put this under the common grace category, sure. things that you know are, are, are applicable to all of us. Um, how would you ever really know if you're the better team? Now, if you're an right. athlete and you're motivated by nothing but wealth, right. nothing but you know, sort of having your name in a record book. There's not much to say, but I can't help but think what brings most most athletes into this. Why most of us watch it is, let's be honest, it's it's somewhat um, therapeutic. We we wish that we could be guys like that. Right. I mean, I wish I could throw like Brady. I wish that I sure. could, you know, I could run like Marshawn Lynch. Um, and I can. I just chose to go into the ministry. Yeah. But you know, for most people that dream that and can't do it, <laughs> I um I I can't help but think what brought these guys into this is they want to beat the best with what they naturally bring to the table right so when you think about that the whole the whole enterprise just goes out the window mm-hmm. you know and I, I would think an unbeliever could hear that and think yeah that, that's true so cheating it just when we say it ruins the integrity of the game mm-hmm. they might not hear that through a moral filter but they have to hear it through a pragmatic filter right yeah at that point what's the purpose of the game Sure. Uh, in, in not just in this instance, but in any sport, right, in, in right, any right. contest, in any job, two guys that are competing for the same job in a promotion, and one guy, you know, hires somebody to fudge his report numbers and make them look like they're legitimate and that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, you get a bigger salary, you get a bigger this, but did you really get it on your own merits, like you hopefully wanted to at the beginning? Yeah, that might be a way to open up a conversation uh, with an unbeliever and um, have that perspective. Uh, you didn't ask me this about throw this in uh, this in from a believing perspective. Right, I mean, it, right. it's kind of a no brainer. Sure. Um, I mean, wow, ill gotten gain. Right. All the passages in scripture that right. speak of greed, etc., and right. taking the shorthand and uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, what's the word? Impacting the balance scales yeah. in your favor. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think it's important to to speak from the perspective of a believer and an unbeliever because I mean, uh, you know, as you know, my wife teaches at a, a private Christian school. Sure. You know, and and so there are you know students competing all the time, and and it's amazing how many quote unquote believing parents are on the sidelines of a high school soccer game 
and the things that they're saying to the refs oh, yeah. and, and the things that, you know, they're doing and yelling at the other players. And, yeah. you know, it's almost like there's a separation of, well, this is sports and it's okay. Yes. I can kind of drop my Christian facade right. and, and, you know, be this way and then take it back up and put it back on yes. when I'm, when I'm at a sports game or it, a sporting event. Well said. It's amazing to me. I've been at some of those events, uh, you know, in, in Christian sports events or events where there are, you know, allegedly a number of Christians on the field, on the sidelines, and, uh, you know, the prayer at the yeah. beginning. <laughs> and it's almost, the prayer is done. I hate you! And, uh, you know, things that are said about the refs, things that are said about the coaches, the players. Right. Um, it's sad. It goes without saying what a bad testimony yeah. that is to, to people that are around. And, I mean, just to think, to me, a game that is played fiercely, Mm-hmm. With with genuine competitive spirit, yep. a desire to win, a desire to beat the other team, all that is fine. Sure, and how we can do that in a way that glorifies God. I'm not saying it's easy, right. but I am saying no doubt it stands out to people's minds because they're used to seeing the the me stuff. Right. Uh, I mean, Marshawn Lynch is an amazing player. Personally, I, I'm I'm nauseated when he you know gets into the uh, end zone and grabs himself. Right. When he uh you know sort of disses people that are asking him questions. Because uh, to me, reporters are just extensions of the uh, fans. So to yeah. me, when uh, you see that kind of self-indulgent attitude on the field, um, it's stomach-turning. I yeah. mean, uh, I think of my dear friend Roscoe, you know, who I mentioned yeah, all the time. absolutely. Was uh, an elder here at our church and one of my dearest friends and mentors. Uh, favorite player ever was Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. Because when Barry Sanders got into the end zone, just handed the ball to the ref. Yeah. I don't know where Barry um, Sanders stands spiritually. Right. But <laughs> I mean, would that Christians play like that? Right. You know, yeah. that he's been there before, he's going to be back again, doesn't need to showboat. Sure. Doesn't know. And a guy like that, that can play with that level of skill. And, and you know, it's interesting, Nathan. I think in some ways, the showboating, the self indulgent behavior kind of gives Christian athletes, Christian players, a, a clearer context to shine. Oh, absolutely! Because yeah, people aren't used to seeing humility with excellence. Yeah, you know, they're just not used to seeing it. I, I remember when Drew Brees—it was a few seasons ago—broke somebody's passing record. I can't remember whose. If it was Montana or Marino or somebody, uh, it was some unique stat he got. I mean, he was even thanking the equipment managers. Oh, wow! Just incredible. Yeah, you know, just love to humility see that. in that. Yeah. Um, don't want to uh, spend a ton of time on this, but it is, you know, again, it is one of the hotter topics. Um, so taking it from that level, um, you know, people are getting um, incensed with the Patriots. And yeah. so, you know, just want to get your honest feeling and feedback and how we, because, you know, Christians are getting incensed, non-Christians are getting incensed saying, oh, you know, I can't believe the Patriots cheated. Blah, blah. Do you think people are as upset that there was cheating over the Patriots cheating. Do you, do you understand yes. the difference? Yes. You know, are people more upset that there was cheating that went on in the game or are people more upset that it was the Patriots who were cheating in yeah. the game? Yeah. And again, as Christians, how should we be responding? Yes. Because even, you know, when I, when I log on to Facebook and I'm reading all the comments, oh, there goes the Patriots cheating again. Well, let's be real. 
cheating's going on all the time no in doubt. the NFL. You no know, doubt. you talk to professional players, you talk to the coaches, you talk to the managers, you know, no, no, none of them were actually complaining about what the Patriots did with deflating the balls. Right. It was the fans. Right. Because they've all come out and basically admitted, yeah, we, we do the same things. Right. Right. Um, you know, and so just, you know, your take on that and are you, are you getting that same feeling? And I definitely am. I, it's interesting. What if this had come out? Oh, it's hard to picture a team that's hard to think of a team who's well-liked or a team that's not disliked. I think of maybe the Arizona Cardinals. They're sort of a, uh, I don't know what neutral. <laughs> yeah, they're they're the Switzerland of the NFL. There's not a whole lot of reaction to them, right? At this point, uh, great team. Bruce Arians, one of my favorite coaches. Um, yeah, I think they're a tremendous defensive team. They went as far as they did with no quarterback. If something had come out on them, I have no doubt the outcry would have been far less. Yeah. Now, part of it is Belichick. Sure. I don't think he's going to win. Uh, you know, Mister Personality right, anytime right. soon. Um, he is uh, not very uh, compelling in sure. the press room, sure, uh, and rather dour. And the fact that what was it in 07, the Spygate scandal, where he, yeah, 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 he cheated, sure, and that came out. But yeah, Belichick himself has admitted it, and no other coach has contested it. A lot of teams were doing what they were doing; they were caught. Uh, the Patriots are a team to hate, right? You know, uh, to me, as a Baltimore Ravens fan, they sort of rank up there with the Steelers, right? You know, now the Patriots have uh, stuck it to us a couple of times. Sure. So I cannot help but think if this were another team, the outcry would be a little bit less. Mm-hmm. I don't think all of a sudden America, I mean, the country found its moral fiber right, right. on cheating. I think, oh, the Patriots cheated. Right. So we hate them. Right. Uh, so we have an opportunity to step back and just say, hey, let's talk about cheating. Let's talk about, you know, lying on your time card. Let's sure. talk about cheating on your IRS forms. Let, let's just kind of depatriotize this. Right. Step back and have a conversation about cheating and what God thinks about it. Yeah. What harmful effects it brings upon society, et cetera. You know, but I think that's a good question. Yeah. And I, I look, I'll admit it. I was angry sure. against Patriots. I don't even know if I would have thought about it more than a day if it were the Arizona Cardinals. Right, right. Shame on me. Well, and, and I feel like, again, you know, being in Baltimore, and you know me, I, I feel like I can talk about this fairly objectively because, you know, when we talked about, you know, the Patriots winning, it was like, yeah, go team them from New England, that type of a thing. But sure. I'm not real invested in sports in general. Right. Um, and so, you know, just it's one of the things that just kind of struck me all of a sudden was, you know, it was the outcry against the Patriots more than the outcry against cheating. Yes. Um, and, and, and again, even from the Christian community. Yes. So the focus was just, I feel like it was totally taken off of the wrong perspective. Great point. And you know, you, you see this in politics when mm-hmm. people get on their political uh, high horse, whether they're you know liberal, conservative. Uh, it's amazing how the double standards prevail. Yeah. You know, when it's your opponent and they're caught in some moral scandal. Sure. The outrage over the moral scandal. Uh, I rarely see it equally felt and expressed when it's their guy. Sure. Uh, and it's like, are we upset about the the moral evil? Right. Or are the we scandal, upset that the right. person we don't like is doing right. it? Right. And actually, that was, a, uh, that was a perfect segue and transition because our next topic, we are actually going to be talking about uh, recently in Maryland. We had our elections this past fall, um, and we have a new uh, governor, new mayor, new changeover yep. in general here in Maryland. Um, and so our new... Uh, leader um, is uh, 
Hogan. Yep, Larry Hogan. Um, and so, you know, what are what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, because a lot of Christians, I, I saw a lot more Christians getting active and involved in yes. this election yes, than I they had too. in the past. And you know, let's let's vote Hogan, let's vote Hogan, and you know, people putting signs out on their field, and you know, um, and so. What, what what is your take on this? Is is Hogan the the savior of Maryland for the Christian conservative uh, community? Uh, to me, no. <laughs> now, but but in the minds of many people, uh, maybe mm-hmm. yeah, perhaps. I think it was what O two when Ehrlich won. It's interesting, Nathan. I, I was thinking about this recently. If we had done this podcast in O two, okay, yeah. when Ehrlich won, I probably would have had different answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to lay out all my cards on the table. Sure, I have become virtually apolitical. Okay, uh, now that upsets people. Now I want to qualify all that, all the caveats. Right, right. I think Christians should vote. I think when you live in a country as free as this one, and you mm-hmm. have the opportunity to have some voice, whether you think there's corruption at the polling place or not. You should take advantage of, of that mm-hmm. and be as active as you can, and certainly let your faith and the perspective you have of the world impact your choices in the voting booth. Um, I, I don't know what kind of governor Larry Hogan will be. I hope he's a fine governor. I think Scripture's clear we should pray for mm-hmm. whoever is um, leading us, uh, even whether that be Obama, O'Malley, uh, whomever. Uh, I have changed a great deal. I, I do have political convictions I would say in my younger Christian years, I was convinced, and, and for a brief time, Lisa, my wife thinks this is very funny, I thought of running for a local office. Isn't that scary? <laughs> when, when you know, Because to me, it's just, you know, I can make a speech, so that's Senator all you have Dutcher. to do. Yes, Senator Dutcher. Boy, that's very frightening uh, when they ask questions of real substance, and you know, I don't know what they mean. Um, I'm going to divert you to a Simpsons episode yeah. where they handled a similar situation. <laughs> yes, that's what I would probably do. I'd say, well, I know on one occasion Homer did such and such, but the um, the the entire political landscape to me is is not particularly interesting anymore, and that's largely because let's just say that political conservatism had a resurgence in the state of Maryland. I mean, mm-hmm. which is like saying it's going to snow in July. But right. Let's just say that it did. Um, how that would come about would be more interesting to me than who's in office. If it came about as an overflow of some kind of internal moral change, conversion, uh, you know, uh, from a Christian believing perspective, okay, we could talk about what that may or may not be a barometer of. Sure. But let's just say a group of Christians craftily get into power, mm-hmm. political power. Uh, I just don't know what value there is if law is legislated and enforced upon people whose hearts have no interest in it. Sure. So sure. to me, it has become more and more important that we just bloom where we're planted, mm-hmm. whether we're in a state where gay marriage is legal, like Maryland is, right. whether we're in a state where uh, churches are getting pummeled. Sure. Uh, for preaching about this or that. I think it was Mark Dever I heard say this years ago that he said, brothers, if, if gay marriage is legalized in every state, we can still preach the gospel. Yeah. If the government takes away our 501c3 status, we can still preach the gospel. Yeah. And then I think of like our brothers and sisters in North Korea, underground church in China, yeah. and um, how they don't even have the opportunity to get incensed about the oh, things American Christians do. I know. But we have more in common with them than we do somebody that might share our political stripe that doesn't know Christ. Yeah. So uh, please don't hear me this. I'm not saying that there's no change coming to our state with this changing sure, of the guard. Sure. I just don't put much 
stock in it, and that's not a that's not an indictment on Larry Hogan or anybody else in office, as much as it is just a sense that we need to bring the gospel to people yeah. and see their hearts change. Yeah, no, and I, I agree one hundred percent. I mean, I think I think there's you know this this part of me that kind of leaps and you know jumps a little bit, and it's like, ooh, you know, there's there's going to be some good things coming, and yeah. you know, there's going to be you know a hold in conservative views that aren't necessarily biblical views, right? Um, and and then and then I look at the things that you know um, I, I look at the, the the biblical things that that really matter Jesus Christ yeah and and you're right I mean it doesn't matter what kind of a situation we're in Christ can be preached yes absolutely um, and you know and and it's funny because I've had discussions with people on you know gay marriage and abortion and things like that you know and those things being legalized and you know it's a, it's it, like you said it's a barometer of where the people are what yes. the people want yes um and it, it's a barometer of what the bible has been telling us that we live in a sinful fallen broken world right right and what's really going to be an interesting podcast nathan is when pot because i think we all pot will be legalized in maryland some i don't know when and I'm not saying I'm wanting for that. I want to be very clear. Caveat, caveat. <laughs> we are not pushing for anything like that. But the response to the church will be interesting. Uh, absolutely. So that's a teaser yeah, for a future absolutely. podcast because I have no answers right now. Can I, can I just say this, though, Greg? I, I have um, – I, I know several people who smoke pot, and, um, you know, they, they've, you know, invited me to uh, – to join in with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've politely, you know, said, no, I, you know, I, I don't do that. And it's not out of a religious moral obligation yeah. as much as it, it's illegal. I mean, <laughs> believe me, I, I have begun to look at churches. Um, like I look online, churches sure, in Colorado, sure. Washington state. Yep. Cause it dawned on me not too long ago. Oh my goodness. What are these churches doing? Because in a sense, the Liberty question, which I'm sure we'll talk about in future Absolutely. podcasts, Absolutely. social drinking, mm-hmm. R rated movies, those things. Now the issue of legalized marijuana creeps into that conversation. Yeah. So the church is going to have to respond. Yeah. Uh, we can respond by doing nothing, saying nothing, and eventually we're going to be forced into it. Yeah. Or we can start thinking ahead of time. What's our stance on this? How do we approach this subject? Um, what are the distinctions between recreational use, which you just right. mentioned, uh, medical use, uh, age of mm-hmm. the person doing it, you know, supervision, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I can't wait for that podcast. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's going to be one of the uh, the better, more uh, sultry podcasts yes. that we have on here. Yes, we'll make sure we put somebody like Dave Shive in that. That's right. Uh, we'll get the older guy to comment on that. I look forward to absolutely. It. Um, so we're uh, actually we're doing really good on time right now. Um, so I think uh, you know we can go ahead and uh, jump into the next um, topic and the last topic, which um, dealt with um, the sermon this past week. Uh, what angels long to to look at yes first peter one and so um you know just just briefly recap uh the sermon um and 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 the point of the sermon the 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 climax and and all that stuff um for for those who might not have heard it or won't have heard it sure sure i uh this is where we start losing the few listeners <laughs> uh oh recapping the sermon but no i can do it actually pretty simply because it was a very straightforward text first peter 1, 10, 11, and 12 were the three mm-hmm. verses. And it seems to me that Peter's goal was to encourage this persecuted church to consider the glory and wonder of their salvation. The last line he uh, gives there is that these things, the salvation we experience, mm-hmm. are things angels long to look into, mm-hmm. which is a really compelling concept. I think one of the quotes I shared uh, from Scott McKnight, I think was the one, yeah. who said it's sort of like wedding attendees 
trying yes. to steal a yeah. peek at the bride. They themselves won't participate in the wedding. They're attending it, but they're not the bride or the groom. Yeah. They don't have a, an active part in it, but they're watching to yeah. steal a peek. And I love that analogy. That seems to be what Peter's going for. He's telling the church, do you realize that your salvation is so awesome, is so just mind-blowing, that angels, these glorious, beautiful celestial beings, long to understand it? Mm-hmm. Which is an implication that, one, they don't experience it. Right. You know, And that's, that's something I mentioned in the message this yes. week. That there's no salvation plan. Right. Quoting for from angels. Hebrews. Yes, yes, Hebrews one, where uh, the writer there tells us that it's not angels that he helps, yeah. but the sons of Abraham. So it's, it's humans made in the image of God, and uh, I don't fully know why. I mean, mm-hmm. God, I suppose, could have a salvation plan for fallen angels. He does not. Right. Uh, the demons that are mentioned in Scripture are forever demons. Right. <laughs> you know, they right. uh, they're not going to be undemonized. Right. Satan is not going to be saved. Uh, yeah. You know, we read the yeah. end of the book and see his final destiny is uh, is uh, very bleak, yeah. and um, you know we we look forward to that. So I consider uh, the the notion of angels that observe these things, that are God's messengers mm-hmm. in and around these great things, are sort of watching with awe. Yeah, and I'll tell you, Nathan. I mean, sometimes I wake up in the morning, got a sore throat, <laughs> feeling blah, not feeling great spiritual ambition. Sure. And the thought of this celestial being that would make me pee my pants if it showed up on my doorstep. Yeah. You know, they always say fear not. Uh, is sort of wondering what I'm experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, if that doesn't make you think about your salvation, sure. I don't know what does. Sure. And you didn't actually um, touch on this on Sunday, um, which was interesting, but. Um, getting your your thoughts and opinions on is it the nature of salvation because of the relationship with God that they are wondering about? Do you think that has something to do with it? I do, I do. Which is a, a way of saying that as awesome as angels are, even though they predate us, we relate to God differently. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say more intimately. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, of all the glorious things God created, you know, from an exotic looking fish. Uh, to uh, a, a mountain, to uh, the sun, the stars, uh, the great seas and, and valleys and uh, angels themselves. What makes us stand apart is we were created in God's image, yeah. which is said about no other created thing. Um, whatever that fully means, which mm-hmm. is the subject of great you know, conversation and books and sermons, etc., uh, being made in the image of God, I think, means that we relate to him in a unique and special way, yeah, and in a way that angels don't. I, I tend to think of angels, Nathan, as um, secret servicemen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, sure. Not, I wouldn't exactly say it's theologically precise, sure, but they have a mission. Yep, they're not really the ones relating to the powers that be. They're yeah. they're surrounding the powers that be. They have a job. Uh, many people say the uh, angels in Isaiah six, you know, are guarding God's holiness, not in the sense that. God's afraid he's going to lose it. Right, right. But they sort of take their position. Right. This is what we stand by. Right. And God has appointed them to do that job. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that is their, the exact, that's their job. Yeah. They go where they're sent. They speak what they're told to. Um, and they adore him. Right. I do think there's genuine love there. Right. But the capacity we have right. to love God and know God, and the fact that Peter would say, do you realize, Christians, that angels marvel at this? Yeah. Makes me think, wow. 
And if I could keep that in my head a little more often, I know what a wake up call that would be, right? I know, absolutely, for, for all of us, absolutely. No, and 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 I think that's just that's so key is you know these like you said these beings that God has created who, as far as we know, they are um, eternal until judgment. Yes, you know, uh, Satan will never grow old and die. God will ultimately um, cast him into the lake of fire forever. Yes, um, and you know the even you know who we know of as Gabriel and, and Michael, the archangels, you know, will forever be, have these, you know, longings. Yes. Seeming, you know, these longings that, that we get to know and experience firsthand and have those longings satisfied. Yes. And I, I mean, I, I almost, you know, and you can, you know, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe that's even a good way. We have a longing as humanity. We have a longing for God. Yes. That that God will allow to be if you know you're reformed, um, God will allow that to be satisfied. He will call you, and that longing will be satisfied. Right. But even unbelievers, um, when you talk to them, attest to you know not being satisfied. Yes. And so there is that longing there, and so we have a longing that can be satisfied through Jesus Christ. Yes. There's a longing there that can't be satisfied because it wasn't designed to be satisfied. Right. Right. No. Well said. Well said. It reminds me of paraphrasing. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, um, "What fish desire to swim." Yeah, there's such a thing as water. You know, birds desire to fly. There's such a thing as open air, open space, and we have a desire to love, to be loved perfectly, eternally. Yeah. There is a living God. Yeah, uh, that exists, and that is the unique capacity of the human being, and it's just awesome. Yeah, and it's something I need to go to when I see Tom Brady celebrating on the <laughs> sidelines. Honestly, I mean, honestly, I just preached that Sunday. Right. So here I am. I'm texting different people. You know, Sunday night. You know, that are frustrated, etc. And some people were actually reminding me of the message. Right. Right. Well, hey, our salvation is awesome. <laughs> That's right. And I said, yes, I'm going to consider that in five right. more minutes. Um, but no, it, it's true. And yeah. sometimes it really does put things in perspective. Oh, absolutely. It? You go to bed. You wait a minute. I know the God of the universe who's brought me into a relationship with himself. Right. Something angels long to understand but can't right. fully in the way I can. And, you know, in a few days, I'll forget about this. Oh, absolutely. Loss. Yeah. And, you know, for me, all it takes is driving in downtown Baltimore and <laughs> there goes my sanctification. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yep. There you go. There you go. So, all right. Well, this has been our first These Go to 11 podcasts. We're going to go ahead and um, sign off. We're looking forward to having Matt Smith here next week with us. And um, we will discuss what we are going to talk about right as soon as we sign off of, uh, sign off of this one. Um, we'll have our topics for next week and we look forward to... Uh, to next week with uh, Greg, Nathan Bell, and Matt Smith. And Nathan, if this were the 1980s and this podcast were a Casbah, you just rocked it. We rock the Casbah. Amen. All right. These go to 11.